0: hey peter hey what's up uh you got any work uh i got gigs yo i got gigs yo i got gigs yo not interested I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It Podcast. Daily
1: jazz advice coming at you. I'm Peter Martin. I've been having trouble (laughs) saying my name. Remember last month when you were having
0: trouble with your name? Well, I have an excuse because of the double M run-on. But why Peter Martin? I don't know. So, I'm Peter Martin. Yes, yeah, so that yeah, was better. Yeah. Well, you know, people think that we're rehearsing this. We're
1: not. We Oh, are... I think it's obvious we're not, buddy. <laughs> this is not scripted. I know that you're holding a piece of paper and you're about to say the words on it, but this that's cuz it's a very specific thing. But the rest of this,
0: you know, we're freeballing as well, we like to say. what I was about to say is yeah. today's episode is sponsored by The Oxford American. For a mm-hmm. limited time, you'll hear it. listeners can subscribe to The Oxford American for only $25. Visit oxfordamerican.org. Slash y h i for that deal. Subscribe today. Well, let's be clear: twenty five dollars for the year for this wonderful magazine. Um, it's true that
1: you'll hear podcasts. You can get a whole year's worth of daily jazz advice for free. But the quality level on this—let's be honest—that's <laughs> way more. Valuable. It's a little better. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is award-winning, yeah. like real awards from actual like literary societies and stuff. We call ourselves award-winning podcast. Yeah, we're going to let our listeners in on a little secret. We
0: it's self self awarded.
1: <laughs> at this point we're open though is there like a like a podcast like the potties or something
0: there is like, the well no that was the saturday night live sketch but oh <laughs> man we should definitely win some kind of potty for
1: <laughs> for the best jazz yeah daily, editing I guess. best
0: jazz we would win for andrew that's right i'm that's sure right, right. That's sure. Right. Of it. Today we're getting dogmatic. Yes. Which I know you love to do.
1: I do. I do. Because look, that's a great part about being a jazz musician, a jazz lover is, you know, we're a small niche, but we're dogmatic where we have high standards. And we're like, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna say we're calling the jazz police out today,
0: but we may be. They They're circling for sure. Yeah, this is a, uh, well, I don't know. I, sometimes we, I feel like we are the jazz police, and sometimes I know, we know. feel like we call out the I jazz I know, police. we call,
1: and then we make fun of
0: them, but are, yeah. are we becoming them? I mean, it's, yeah, it's a little self-deprecation. On this I think, day, I think dogmatic so. dogmatic Thursday. Well, today we're talking about how to get the gig. We get asked all the time, and we've been asked numerous times in the last few months about you know tips for, for getting work, or yeah. getting in a band, or getting your own gigs, and we've covered this a little bit before, but I thought we could just kind of have a general topic of discussion about getting gigs, maybe some etiquette, and some some strategies and some tips for for landing the uh, the gig you want.
1: Now, I noticed you titled this how to get the gig. Is this different than how to get a gig? I <laughs> guess how,
0: how to get a gig is a little more desperate, right? <laughs> yeah. How to get any gig, whatever you got. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, this is really about how to get the gig you want. So whatever, whatever that gig means for you, if that's a gig in someone's band, if yeah. that's a gig at a restaurant, if that's a gig at a festival, yeah. uh, we can kind of cover all of those bases, I think, today.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think first thing is, is yeah, maybe kind of identifying what the gig is or what type of gig, but also thinking about why you want to get the gig. I think that's the first thing. Yeah. 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 Now when we're younger, I think it's okay to kind of just go on sort of, um, adrenaline and, and dreams and like, man, I, wa- I mean, I remember I was like, I wanted to play with art, uh, art Blakey. Yeah. I wanted to be in the art Blakey and the jazz messengers. And that was like, I want to do that gig. And, and, I think it was for all the right reasons, because I loved the the sound of yeah. the current band. Yeah. It was like Terrence Blanchard, and yeah. I saw him live, and Donald Harrison. Ooh. and um, But it was also, like, then going back and hearing the recordings, it was like, man, it would be so cool to be part of that lineage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I never got a chance to do that, so kind of set the bar high with <laughs> Art
0: Blakey. But the nice thing about that, then any other gigs I got turned out to be a little easier to get. You know, Well, it's so funny that you mentioned Art Blakey, because I just listened to this um, Christian McBride's, a radio show and he was interviewing Benny Green. Yeah. And Benny Green was telling him about how he got that Art Blakey gig. Right. And it, I think the advice he gave or his process, how, how he got the gig is super valuable to anybody, no matter if that's a gig with like local cats or whatever. Yeah. And that's basically he learned all of Art Blakey's music yep. and then just hung around Art Blakey as yep. much as he could. Yeah. Until one day he got a chance to sit in Someone called a tune that no one else would probably know, and he knew it, and all of a sudden, I mean, he could also play, let's be honest, Yeah, and he got the gig. Yeah, and I mean, I think that this is, for
1: some reason, I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but this is becoming a lost art, this idea of, like, learn all the music on a gig that you want to be on, and learn it knowing that you may not get the gig that, that that part of luck and the intersection of like hanging around and maybe there's a chance that may come or may not but you learned all that music that's great for you yeah. whether you do the gig or not you yeah, know that's and that's actually the way I was like I learned all of Art Blakey's that stuff off the recordings yeah yeah and I wasn't quite as tactical as he was as far as hanging around but I mean when I got to New York I did hang around a little bit but I was so glad I learned that music even though I didn't get to do the gig totally because that made me a better player it, it connected me with that music so you have to do it willingly you can't be like with the expectation that you deserve something
0: well as a band leader if if i if there's a young drummer who comes to my sh- concerts or shows on the regular and I get to know them. Cause you know, they, you don't have to super schmooze or anything, just right. introduce yourself and be like, yeah, I play drums or whatever. And for some reason a session opens up cause it's late at night or whatever. And they sit in and they know my tunes. Yeah. I'm remembering that. Right. That's going to make a huge impression on me, you know? Yep. So if there's a, a if there's a band where you are are near that you can kind of hang out around that you admire, you know, just like you know again, you don't have to be creepy with it. Just like go to the <laughs> concerts. First of all, it's good to go hear music, yeah. especially if it's music you like. Yeah. Um, but introduce yourself, make yourself known, and then if you get a chance to sit in, call one of their tunes. I right. mean, that is impressive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean it's just
1: like it's just that's sort of the professionalism side of it. Um the the in terms of like you wouldn't go to a job interview with a company. And not know anything about the company, yeah. and expect to get a job there. Yeah, yeah. You know, they start asking. So what, what? You know, how do you self see yourself fitting into, to Microsoft? Oh, I don't know. What, what is Microsoft? I'm really smart, though. I can learn once mm-hmm. I get. Probably. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like so. But then there's also just the real personal tactical tactical side of it in that. You're learning music that's great, whether you get the thing or not. So you're still working for your development. And I think that if you're if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you have the freedom to learn music and dream for something big in terms of uh, maybe. It's not that easily attainable, but at least you know that the process to get yourself prepared for that is going to be so helpful for for you. Then you'll move on to the next thing, and you've accumulated that knowledge. And then what the, the part of just showing up and being around that's when you're putting yourself in a position to get lucky, basically. Yeah, exactly. Because people are always like you know, oh, you got lucky, man, was so lucky you got this gig and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you, you didn't see all the times when I wasn't lucky. <laughs> that's right. Like around our Blakey or whatever, that's you know. Right, and right, I yeah. never had the attitude like anything I deserve this to this day I'm like I don't deserve anything there's so many great jazz pianists out here but I also like I, I was always willing to put myself and I, and I I see that with you and and I really with all great jazz players because this is such a communal music it's not even that you force yourself in this situation it's not like we're you know software developers where our tendency is to be in a room by ourselves maybe you know writing code which is great and it's a little bit harder to get out there and meet people and to be in a co- because it's a solitary work by 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 and large yeah this music is is the community part of it is one of the great parts about it so it's not even
0: like oh i gotta go out and network now yeah i gotta no. go out and
1: see some jazz people you it's know? always been part of it it's yeah. always been. and
0: going out and hearing the people that you might want to get on the gig with also gives you an opportunity to uh really get the vibe more than you would even on recordings or videos. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, if, you, if they're all wearing three Pete suits, probably you want to show up in three Pete suits. Three Pete. <laughs> that's your kind of suit. Three, a uh, three Pete. <laughs> Remember when I was bigger? I was like a three Pete suit. I picture like, like you know, a suit of cats and a trench coat, like three of you. And you're like 12. Like the Russian doll with it, <laughs> yeah, like the, the hat keeps like. coming off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like, <laughs> sorry. hey, you call
1: me short. Like, three of me is like, Six feet, right? No, no, no. It'd be like it
0: be like a good twelve, thirteen feet. <laughs> oh, <Whoa! laughs> good. Right. Uh but yeah, if they're all wearing suits and you show up in cutoff jean shorts, yeah. Probably not gonna get that. Gig. Come on, man. Yeah. You're gonna end up on our on our upcoming come on man come episode, on, which man. we're still working on. Uh, so then the second part of this I think is how to get a gig under your own name. And I yeah. think there's some strategies I don't even know if we've actually talked about this in depth on this podcast, but we both do this <clears throat> with our own groups all the yeah. time. Create a gig. Yeah, if you cr- can't get a gig, create a gig, That's right. right. I mean, there's plenty of spaces that would create a gig. But if you're trying to get into clubs or festivals or anywhere, restaurants or whatever, yeah. the one thing I, I see people make mistakes at all the time is they feel like they're entitled to the gig right. without proving at all no. that they'd be a benefit to that venue right you know what i mean
1: they're singing that 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 famous song that's been sung too much me 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 it's more of a vocal warm-up than anything yeah so. yeah yeah it's not about you
0: i actually encourage you just what we said to find a venue that you can just rent out and try to do the, a gig yourself if you've never yeah. done that it's going to be eye-opening yeah about what it takes to actually get people to your gig yeah
1: well i mean it's like it's it, and it's also it's such a a great exercise in empathy in terms of you know, historically, jazz musicians love to complain about club owners and presenters and festival – people that run festivals. But don't fall into that trap because times now are very different than they were back in the day. So Agreed. don't just take some quotes that you – I mean like Charlie Parker and Miles Davidson's – like they actually – And going back before that, we're up against some big battles against these clubs. I mean, they were getting messed over. Yeah. In a way that, so be careful. Like when you fix your mouth to be like, "Oh, that club owner messed me over." Like, did he make you come in the back door and not allow you and your guests to even walk through the front door? Like, let's set the bar there. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe you can understand. And I mean, even like with festivals, oh, they won't book me on this festival. They don't know what they're talking about. I mean, Christian McBride is the artistic director of the Newport Jazz Festival, so like things have changed. And nothing's—it's not perfect. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we are empowered in a way and you can empower yourself. And how about a little empathy for the other side? Now, you and I have both been presenters of programs that we've been part of and even other musicians. We're presenting
0: a, pr- a concert this weekend with our friend Elio Alves.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's been a great exercise for us to understand to your point of like, what does it actually take to get people to come in and what is what is the monetary side of it? Like at least have a little bit of
0: understanding of what that is before you go in and saying, I deserve this, I deserve that. But you know, the, you'll know, you gain some knowledge from, from doing this as even just an exercise of trying to book your own show that you can come back to with venue and, and uh, promoters and, and book, you know, people who book festivals and clubs and stuff with knowing exactly what they would want to hear yeah, you know, or, or the information. Because like, if you can prove that you can draw a crowd, that needs to be part of your pitch. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because that's what they're really interested in. Right, right. Um, and, I mean, the great thing, though, about
1: most jazz presenters that I've come into contact with The vast majority in this day and age, and I mean I've had a fair amount of experience, not as much as some people, but I mean I feel like a a good cross-section. Most of these presenters, yeah, they care about and they need to have people to come in you know, you need to be able to draw. But they also love the music in yeah. a way that, that your normal just like mercenary kind of presenter wouldn't. I mean, that's kind of what's attracted to the, We talk about the community right, right. element of this. We talked about it yesterday. It's so important. That's what most of these club owners actually are. Not all of them. And there's some big exceptions. But I mean, that part of it, you, it's a combination. So when you come in with that kind of spirit of compromise and understanding and empathy, yeah, yeah. things can work out a lot better. So
0: do a little research on on the club you're you're soliciting. Yeah. You know, see what they like you can get a real vibe for the promoters uh, taste by what is booked there and you can sort of position you don't have to change anything you're doing but you can kind of position yourself to be like this is our spin on what you're already doing obviously you know what I mean
1: and I think that I've something that I've seen you do really well and successfully Adam is um, come into a new leadership role like if you're coming in as a leader of say your trio I've seen you do this or, or other kinds of concerts with your groups um, as with a collaboration in the spirit of collaboration with the presenter or club owner or promoter in which you're coming together to create something. It's not just about, I need this or I'm not going to come or you've got to give me this or, and it's also not like I'm going to promise this and I'm going to bring, it's more like, let's see what we can build up together. What this is what we have. Yeah. I, I see what you have is this and coming together can be bigger than just the one. And we all
0: need each other. Well, I think this is especially important if you, if you're trying to get a regular gig yeah. um, and you know this might not work in like lower Manhattan let's say but or Brooklyn you know yeah. what I mean but like where we are and and kind of where I am I'm I'm able to if I want a weekly gig I can be like yeah I will work with you on the price and we can work this together with the expectation that we're gonna build this thing up yeah and then neither of us have to worry about it you win-win know I mean? yeah we're we'll going win-win but, or lose-lose but I didn't <laughs> go in being like I need a thousand dollars a musician yeah. from a 40 seat bar every week you know what i mean yeah like and i see like i see some of these younger not just i don't want to say younger because sometimes it's just that slack. is my rate by the way and the promoters <laughs> out there
1: no. i mean it's not younger because a lot of older musicians make the same mistake when we come in like i gotta have this the contract you gotta guarantee me all that's fine but make sure that you're like within reason of what you can actually deliver musically yeah. and in terms of totally. audience because the reality is like you're gonna want to work with most of these presenters and clubs and like we go around and do a lot of these festivals around the world and it's always you know sometimes the business end can start to seem more important than it is where you're like the contracts is this you've got to give me i mean look are you really you're going to come to this festival in sweden and if you don't have you know the correct bottle of red wine in your dressing room are you really going to sue them no are you going (laughs) to not go on the stage because something wasn't like you try to work things out in a way and i think on both sides that give and take needs to be there because
0: you we need each other i will walk if they serve cabernet sauvignon instead of a cabernet franc i will oh, walk off the game. well I mean, I mean that's why i said within reason <laughs> that i mean we're not
1: barbarians out here
0: well this is good you know I, I, let us hear from from uh, you guys about what what you do to get your gigs either to get the gig on a, in a band you love or yeah. to get your own gig where would they let where would they let us hear they would let us hear that at you hear which by no, the way
1: I, on youtube Oh, comments. on YouTube. Oh, you're, you're still scared I, of that, aren't I you? Don't go th- I don't go near <laughs> it. Come on, man. I, I won't I, go near you it. You were just answering. I, I, saw did, I there. did. I did. I did an in-depth answer. Go to YouTube Comics because we don't really have a um,
0: Well, we have the new you'llhearit.com. Have we even talked about that? We have a little bit, okay, but you cool. have to check out. If, if you haven't You'llhearit.com.
1: Yeah, check it Can out. Can you spell it? Probably not. Bro, so just
0: Google it. There's <laughs> almost too much rich jazz information yeah. on You'll Hear It.com. We're giving right it away now. too much. Oh, my goodness. Give it back. The blog post. there. Give it on back. There. We're getting in your minds. We're pulling it all back. We've got triad pairs. we got swing. we got voicings. We've Come got on. There's so much information. We're we'll dropping knowledge. You'll Hear It.com. Uh, just a reminder that today's episode of You'll Hear It podcast is sponsored by The Oxford American. Yep. The Oxford American is a magazine dedicated to documenting the complexity and vitality of the American South. Its award winning annual music issue comes with a CD sampler and digital download. It's mm-hmm. It's a must-have for any serious music fan. CD, sampler, and digital download. That's win-win right there. I believe it. it, You can do either or both. Recent issues have featured Nina Simone, Thelonious Monk, John Cage, and John Coltrane. Visit OxfordAmerican.org slash you'll hear it, slash Y-H-I, which stands for you'll hear it. Today, that's OxfordAmerican.org forward slash Y-H-I. You know what I'm realizing? This whole thing of like, uh, this is a great example of the, the CD and the digital download. Like
1: that's kind of for me where it's at like with books you know i mean this is crazy but certain books that i like i have the physical copy but then i've gotten the kindle version because sometimes i have that with me on the road and i want it and then i've even done the audible copy of it too i'll buy it like three times i mean what i care it's 10 bucks each one it's a great book (laughs) no i mean think about how much you can learn and same with cds you know how many times i've bought kind of blue i mean i've I've easily bought that i know 25 times yeah. and giving it to people and yeah, yeah. and I've got it on different things but I mean, it's, I mean these things are like valuable assets and we should treat them as that and sometimes having them in separate forms is nice agreed yeah alright well, well till tomorrow you'll hear it